Welcome to the Lecture Fan Podcast. I'm the number one conservative streamer on Twitch. I believe in the U.S. Constitution, God, family, country. Uh, I do commercial litigation. I've been practicing law for 10 years. I've traveled the country, and I talk about politics every night on Twitch. We just started doing the podcast, so hope you guys enjoy it. Um, a little bit of an update or or just something I thought would be of interest to many of you, which is what some of the steps are we're taking in, in these countries to communicate. Um, uh, and a lot of this is through, of course, the State Department uh, and embassies. Uh, and so here's a, a, a few things we're doing. This will obviously increase over time, but just to give you an, a... So this is basically, we're getting ready, we're getting ready to hear the entirety of the Biden administration's response to the Biden border crisis which is basically we're going to send some messages to these people and tell them not to come and and we're going to give them american taxpayer dollars to try to help them stay there but other than that we're not doing anything to actually fix the underlying problems that's that's what it's going to be a sense of our investment uh the state department continues to we have we've placed an estimated 17,118 radio ads in brazil el salvador guatemala and honduras since january 21st yeah let's do radio ads Let's do radio ads that contradict everything Biden said on the campaign trail. <laughs> That'll work. Oh, the left was so mad at my tweet. Did you guys see my tweet? I tweeted, uh, I tweeted, the only reason the media is covering this Biden border crisis thing is because the media knows that this is political disaster for Biden. And the media doesn't want, the media doesn't want the Democrats to lose in 2022 midterms they don't want biden to lose the white house they know that the american people support a strong secure border and so the media is like trying to get the biden administration to like dude you guys wake up you guys got to do something this is out of control children uh presenting at our border who are fleeing violence they're not presenting at our border they're being trafficked they're not presenting that's what you do to a doctor you present to a doctor. You don't present at the border. What is that garbage language? Who are fleeing prosecution, who are fleeing terrible situations, is not a crisis. Uh, we feel that uh, it is. Did she really just say it's not a crisis? It's not a crisis, even though we now have pictures of kids in cages using these space blankets laying under what looks like aluminum foil. It's our responsibility to humanely approach uh, this circumstance and make sure they are treated with uh, treated and put in conditions that are safe. Uh, I will say that um, you know these photos show what we've long been saying, which is that the these border patrol facilities are not places made for children. Uh, they are not places that we want children to be staying. Then why are you holding children in them for a extended period of time? She's bad. I mean, she's okay at just spewing bureaucratic buzzwords that have no meaning whatsoever, but she's terrible at actually explaining things in a way that actually makes sense and you come away thinking she's right. The Biden administration is the reason we're having a border crisis right now. And their solution is to run radio advertisements in indigenous languages in Central America, like all the indigenous tribes are going to be listening to the radio and when they hear the Biden administration say, don't come, don't come. 
they're actually going to believe that. They, how insulting. There's language that is used by some uh, that is not completing, including the full context of his comments. I will say that he still believes that he wants our country to be a place where there is asylum processing at the border, where people are considered uh, and go through a... So, in other words, Jen Psaki is saying he still believes that people should come. We want people to come. But he also believes don't come. It's like, oh, okay. So, Joe Biden believes that, you know, people should come. People are welcome. They should come. And he also believes that people should not come. All right. Okay. All right. Why they're saying it's an honor system is because under the Biden policy... All you have to do as an illegal alien is just say the magic words. And they know what the magic words are. The magic words are, I'm fleeing persecution due to my political beliefs. And then boom, you get asylum. Boom, you get refugee. Whereas the where the Trump administration was doing it right was saying, okay, first of all, you have to stay in Mexico. You have to go to a country. You have to go to the first country that was bordering your country first and foremost. Otherwise... If you're from Mexico, you have to stay. In. If you're from Central America, you have to go to the first country that you crossed into, whether that's other Central American companies or Mexico. If you're Mexico, you have to remain in Mexico. And we're not going to just take your word for it that you're being politically persecuted. We're going to actually require proof, and you're going to have to show that. This is a this is absurd. Like, it's just the honor system. And so all these all these migrants, they know the magic words. They know how to say the magic words. And so when they get here, they say, oh, I'm fleeing. I'm, I'm, I fear for my life and my country because of my political beliefs. I'm being persecuted for political beliefs. It's like, dude, no. There are not, there are not hundreds of thousands of people in Latin America that are all being attacked. Their lives are under threat because of their political beliefs. It's just not happening. Mexican drug cartels using kids as decoys in to smuggle members into the U.S. Sheriff, March 22nd. Holy cow. This is what we've been saying, Hydra. Mexico's ruthless drug cartels are using helpless children as decoys to smuggle their members into the U.S. courtesy of the Biden administration's relaxed immigration policies, law enforcement told The Post. The drug, the drug thugs are already making a killing off the border crisis, jacking up their fees to smuggle the growing flood of people into the country and now making more money on humans than they are on the drug side, said Hidalgo County Sheriff from the front lines of the U.S. immigration battle in Texas. But the cartels also are further exploiting the disastrous situation by splitting up kids from their wannabe immigrant parents, then having members pose as the children's relatives to cross the border. So now with the family units coming across, you might have a mother come in, say a mother with three children. Well, the cartels say you can cross with one child. We're going to take two children and we're going to use those two children to smuggle two others and pretend that those are family units. Young criminals will pose as struggling wannabe migrants too to get to the U.S. to help fuel their boss's drug trade. We also have individuals that might be 21, 22. They pass themselves off as 16, 17 years old and say, hey, we're an unaccompanied minor. The fact that they even know to say that they're unaccompanied minors, is that is that how is that how normal people speak in, in Central America and Mexico? Do they go around referring to unaccompanied minors as that's a thing? That's a thing that everybody is common. It's common in their society to talk about unaccompanied minors. It's absurd, dude. They know, they know what an unaccompanied minor is because of the media and because of the Biden administration. It's not just that, you know, oh yeah, unaccompanied minors are a common thing. Everybody, you know, yeah, we've, we've been 
shoot, we've been talking about unaccompanied minors for thousands of years. This is a unaccompanied minors has been a very common thing. We all know about unaccompanied minors. That's not something that we talk about just because of immigration, U.S. immigration law. No. And this is exactly what conservatives and Republicans have been saying is happening. And here we have our proof. All this is doing is waking up the American people again to the reason why Trump won. Remember, Trump won because he was tough on immigration. The American people believe in the rule of law and a secure border and legal immigration. This stuff is not helping the open borders crowd. I think I don't think the open border crowd wants this to happen. The open border crowd wants open borders and for all these people to not be illegal for us to just give them citizenship. But that's not what the law is right now. And so they want they want more illegals coming in, but they don't want, you know, this kind of a situation being in the news and this kind of stuff happening because this helps Republicans because this proves this proves that Trump was right. Biden administration officials put together $3 trillion economic plan. We just got done passing a $2 trillion blowout spending package. And now they're looking at another $3 trillion. Dude, what is going on? Are gold, are gold prices skyrocketing yet? President is expected to be briefed on the details of the package this week. Wow. So Biden literally has no idea what's going on. It's Biden's officials who came up with this and then they're just going to tell him what he's going to support. So Biden literally has no clue what his administration is doing or what they're proposing. The Biden officials come up with this plan and then tell Biden what it is he is what it, what it is that he's going to be supporting. That is pathetic, dude. Where are they going to come up with this 3 trillion dollars? Oh, they're going to print it. Okay. We're going to have so much inflation because of the supply chain problems. Combined with all the money printing, combined with pent-up demand, it's 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 going to be out of control. Administration officials are crafting a plan for the multi, for a multi-part infrastructure and economic package that could cost as much as three trillion dollars and fulfill key elements of Biden's campaign agenda. Wow, the first proposal would center on roads, bridges, and infrastructure projects and include many of the climate change initiatives Biden outlined in the Build Back Better plan he released they are trying to destroy america they they are actually the only reason you would support something like this is if you're actually trying to destroy the dollar and destroy america the only thing that can explain what is going on the only thing that makes sense is if is if the democrats want to purposely destroy america that's the only way any of this can be explained or make sense in any way the package would be followed by measures focusing on education and other priorities, including extending the newly expanded child tax credit scheduled to expire at the end of the year and providing for universal pre-kindergarten and tuition-free community college. The packages could face a difficult path through a narrowly divided Congress. Democrats aren't all in agreement on how they should move forward with their spending and tax proposals. Biden is expected to be briefed on the details. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's supposedly Biden's plan, but, you know, it's actually the swamp creatures. A bunch of swamp rats are going to go in and tell Biden what's in it. And then it's the Biden plan. Is there ever been a president that's more than that's that's 
nothing more than just a figurehead like Biden is. Holy cow. Well, what I'm getting from this article is that this is actually very unlikely to ever pass. Thank goodness. So Biden can come out with this, but it's not going to happen. Democrats passed the $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill in the House last year without including any revenue increases. It went nowhere in the Senate. The Sunrise Movement, a liberal organization that worked closely with Biden's campaign, said $3 trillion would be insufficient to address the nation's renewable infrastructure needs and urged the Biden administration not to focus on trying to win GOP support. Wow. They're just so extreme on the left. It just gets more and more extreme. Filibusters Kentucky's veto of radical Dem policies. Mitch McConnell. Oh, man. You almost got to wonder. Mitch McConnell wrote a piece on the filibuster. McConnell, the filibuster is Kentucky's veto. It stops radical ambitions like Yarmouth's. Mitch McConnell. I'm probably going to agree with Mitch McConnell on this one, so I kind of want to read it. Congressman John Yarmouth likes to pretend he knows me. He talks to reporters and writes in these pages as if he's some sort of McConnell whisperer. That's a full that's a full day's drive from reality. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't seem to know Kentucky either. His stated priorities include defending sanctuary cities and statehood for District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. Then there's a one point nine trillion dollar partisan spending spree he calls COVID nineteen relief. Less than nine percent of the funds support the health care fight and one percent goes to vaccines. Yarmouth even admitted it was stuffed with waste. He must have forgotten the five historic and bipartisan rescue packages we passed last year that fueled over a million vaccinations in Kentucky so far. They lifted millions of workers and small businesses. Even today, they're behind Kentucky's two, two straight months of declining cases. Eh, partially, partially, partially. Yarmouth also thinks he knows the Senate, even if he never had the gumption to challenge me. The Senate stands as a firewall against heated passions and short-term electoral changes. Rules like the filibuster, which requires 60 votes to advance most legislation, exist to block bad ideas from becoming law and to encourage bipartisan solutions. This design sta also stabilizes national policy from swinging with every shift of the political winds. The legislative filibuster is the essence of the Senate. So while Yarmouth calls the filibuster a minority veto, it's really Kentucky's veto. The filibuster stops radical schemes like the Green New Deal and socialized health care that would devastate the bluegrass. It protects Jefferson Town and Shively from being steamrolled by Brooklyn and San Francisco. Last year, the voters rehired me to use Kentucky's veto and protect our values. The 60-vote threshold is the only reason must-pass bills like appropriations, deals, defense authorizations, or farm bills have any bipartisan buy-in when there isn't divided government. It's why even with Democrats in the majority, I therefore I and therefore Kentucky get a big seat at the table. As the only congressional leader not from New York or California, I put Kentucky's priorities front and center. If Yarmouth had his way, Speaker Pelosi would have a free pass to leave middle America out in the cold. You don't have to believe me. When Republicans held majorities in Congress and the White House, the Senate Democrat leader defended the legislative filibuster. Wait, Mitch McConnell's the only congressional leader not from New York or California. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. You don't have to believe me. When Republicans held majorities in Congress and the White House, the Senate Democrat leader defended the legislative filibuster. His number two said eliminating the filibuster for legislation would be the end of the Senate as it was originally devised. All this was just a few years ago. 
Senate Democrats happily used the filibuster to shape or outright kill all kinds of legislation, as they did with Senator Tim Scott's police reform bill. Republicans didn't like it, but we stood on principle to defend the right to do so. I even withstood substantial pressure from a president of my own party to break the Senate's rules for short-term gain. Wow, look at Mitch McConnell saying he stood up to Trump. He even stood up to Trump on that. I remember that. I remember Trump trying to get Mitch McConnell to get rid of the veto. I remember that. But now Democrats are failing to put principle first. Their tune on the filibuster changed as soon as their fortunes did. Vandalizing the Senate would tear every last scrap of comedy from Washington. It receives little attention, but much of the body's business is done through consent of all 100 senators. Without it, the broken Senate would hold endless votes to turn on the lights and schedule committee work. Blowing up the Senate wouldn't speed liberals' ambitions. It would grind them to a halt. I guarantee it. <laughs> Man, it, I always, he's, Senator Mitch McConnell has said this now several times. I've heard him say it talking. I've heard him say it in writing. How? How is he going to, how is he going to grind the Senate to a halt? If they get rid of the filibuster, even if the post-nuclear Senate were finally able to legislate, Yarmouth left no ambiguity in his radical ambitions. It starts with restrictions on gun ownership and packing the Senate with new Democrats. Then comes H.R. 1, a complete federal takeover of elections that overturns voter ID and other Kentucky laws. It would also rework the nonpartisan FEC into a one-sided prosecutor. Alarmingly, the bill would even deploy the IRS to curtail free speech. These bad ideas alone justify Kentucky's veto. I mean, I can't imagine if the Democrats actually push through these insane, insane things after getting rid of the, ele the legislative filibuster. That's crazy what they want to do. What the, what the House is passing right now is some of the most insane stuff. I, I, could, I could sit here and go through bills passed by the U.S. House and talk about what they actually have, what the Democrats actually believe and what they have in store. It's some radical, radical stuff. And it's out in the open. The Democrats in the House are doing it. They're straight up just doing it in the House. They're just passing these far left, radical, extreme, extreme bills. Anti-American, anti-constitutional bills. Then there's the fact that the shoe would eventually be on the other foot. The next Republican Congress would erase every liberal change and enact the opposite conservative agenda. Federal law would ping-pong back and forth every every election or two. Instead of bipartisan compromises at last, everything would have a shelf life of just a few years before zooming the other way. Exactly what the framers did not want. Kentucky's veto is all that stands between us and a march towards socialism. We must save the Senate firewall. Otherwise, the institution and our country would be thrown into chaos. You have to agree with Mitch McConnell on this. He's 100% right. And I, I think he's corrupt. I think he's swamp. I am not a fan of Mitch McConnell. But on the Senate filibuster, I agree with him. Harris should rule filibuster is unconstitutional. Wow. Chemerinsky and newborn LA Times. Wow, Harris should rule filibuster is unconstitutional. What? Erwin Chemerensky, this is a constitutional law professor, a radical, radical left-wing law professor. He's, he hates the Constitution, this guy. But he's 
everybody he's like the most well-respected constitutional law professor he's a leftist radical and in the law professor world he's one of the like top respected constitutional law professors <laughs> it's crazy how radical some of these law professors are R very very radical this is clearly showing it too there is a clear next step in changing the Senate filibuster. VP Kamala Harris, as presiding officer of the Senate, can and should declare the current Senate filibuster rule unconstitutional. No, no. Since when can the since when can the vice president just waltz into the Senate and say, "Boom, you can't do that, Senate. Boom, you can't do that, Senate. Boom, you can't do that, Senate." This is preposterous. This would open the door for discussions on a new rule that would respect the minority without giving it an unconstitutional veto. Um, so in other words, he's basically admitting it wouldn't work. It, it might open the door for discussions, obviously. Discussions about how she can't do that. <laughs> and it's just, a, it's just a way to like th throw a bomb in the, on the system to try to get rid of the filibuster. <laughs> it's terrible can't even get a majority of democrats to agree with this it's so extreme this is what people like chemerinsky do they'll take something completely different and then not give you the full story and then say oh it's the same thing with this Harris, vice president kamala harris can just right go right in and just say nope it's unconstitutional wyoming with 580,000 inhabitants elects the same number of senators as california with 40 million residents yes as it was designed and that's a good thing Quit crying. He's just. This is just Chemerinsky crying about the, the U.S. Senate because he hates the U.S. Senate. He hates the U.S. Constitution. A person in Wyoming thus has 65 times more voting power in the Senate than a person living in California. Yes, on purpose. That's a good thing. Quit crying about the Constitution. The current 60-vote filibuster rule makes this imbalance even worse. It's not an imbalance, and it doesn't make it worse. It makes it better. It's designed to be that way, and the filibuster rule makes it even better. What don't they understand about this? Under the 60-vote rule, 41 senators representing about a third of the population can outweigh 59 senators representing two-thirds. Yes, and that's a good thing. That's how it was designed. States are sovereign in the U.S. system. States are an important part of our country. We have states. States are represented equally in the U.S. Senate. States are an important part of our structure. Get over it. God, I'm so sick of the Senate hate. These Democrats hate the Senate. These leftists like Chemerinsky here, these constitution, they get these radical, radical extremist constitutional law professors that have absurd, absurd rulings, not based one iota in the actual original intent of the people that drafted the constitution just whatever you can come up with and whatever you can think about that that you can even remotely compare to whatever word you can come up with or phrase there's no limiting principle whatsoever to what these people will come up with when it comes to stuff like this and it's just because they hate the senate they don't like the senate they don't like the u.s constitution they don't like the way it's set up so they want to get rid of it and they want to chip away at it like if this if if this is how you view the Senate and you don't understand what states are and you don't understand why states are why we have states, then you ultimately lead to having the opinion that we should just get rid of the US Senate. That's where that line of thinking leads to. That's the ultimate conclusion of what you're arguing. The filibuster is a US Senate rule that has a long history and long use and it's designed to fulfill the purposes of the Senate. And so you can't argue with it. And it's designed for good reason. 
The reason is what what Mitch McConnell just said. We don't we want we want to encourage bipartisanship. So now Democrats hate bipartisanship. Do Democrats hate bipartisanship? Do Democrats hate actually having to come up with things that a majority of Americans can support? It's a short-sighted, selfish, 100% partisan political ploy to destroy one of our constitutional institutions, one of the most important parts of our Constitution and one of the most important parts of our government, which is the U.S. Senate, where the states have a say. This situation surely violates the principle of equal representation in voting. No, it doesn't. They're saying this that the Senate violates the principle of equal representation in voting. The Senate's not supposed to have equal representation in voting. What the hell are these people talking about? You know what the Senate's supposed to have equal representation in voting of? Of states, not people. The House is the people. The U.S. House is the people's house. For example, the one-person, one-vote rule that the Supreme Court long ago applied to state legislative congressional districts. This is the most, e this is purposefully, evilly wrong, dude. The one-person, one-vote applies to citizens voting representation in specifically the people's house that's supposed to be where the people are represented. Not the U.S. Senate, where the purpose is to have the states have representation. Oh my gosh, they, these guys are literally arguing that the U.S. Senate's unconstitutional. They're literally arguing that the U.S. Senate is an unconstitutional body. They're literally arguing to get rid of the U.S. Senate, pretty much. Because when, once you start to say that the U.S. Senate is horrible, the U.S. Senate is shit, the U.S. Senate sucks, the U.S. Senate violates equal representation, the U.S. Senate violates the Constitution, the U.S. Senate... Obviously, the end result of that thinking is that, okay, let's get rid of it. You don't have to be a genius to see that one coming. Everyone agrees that the text of the Constitution does not allow for simply giving California more senators than Wyoming, nor can the Senate's lack of representative fairness be cured by adopting internal Senate voting rules, but that does not mean the Senate has authority to create even more unfairness than already exists. Wow! Literally just say out and out saying that the U.S. Senate is unfair. It's unfair. It's unfair that Wyoming has two senators and California has two senators. It's unfair. It's unfair. Quit crying. These people hate the Constitution so much. They're so angry. They're so angry that rural states have equal power in the U.S. Senate. They hate it so much. It bugs leftists and Democrats so much. They hate it. Oh, they hate seeing places like Wyoming and Montana having just as many senators as plates like New York and California where these huge far-left radical cities are. They hate, they hate it so much. They just hate the U.S. Constitution. They're like, why did we set up this system? We hate states. We hate states. We want to take states' power. We want to get rid of these states. We want to give these states less power, take away their power, and then give them less representation. And then we want to control everything from D.C. and force these little tiny little states with their two senators and take them out. That's how Democrats honestly feel about the Senate. Am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right?